Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. To our listening and viewing audience, I'm Ron Stefanski, the co-host of Disrupt Ed. And joined today with me is my compatriot and partner in crime, Dr. Caesar. Hello, 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 everyone. So as you know, if you've been listening to our other episodes, Disrupt Ed is a capsule of all the things going on in the world of work and education that all of us want to get a better handle on. The world of work and the world of learning are being disrupted as never before. Four million Americans alone have left the labor force since COVID. We've had a skills gap preceding that that's only been exacerbated by that. Technology is literally transforming the landscape of how we do business. And COVID has really changed the way we interact with each other. As evidenced by this podcast, we are so fortunate and blessed to have MarketScale as our sponsor and partner um, to help us get the message out. And we think the message deserves to be told by the people who are influencing it, by the people who understand it, and the people who are getting in front of it. And the people and the people who have high GSD. Yes. So Caesar is our academic on the podcast. (laughs) And over the course of working together for the past 20 years, we have uh, developed our own analytics measure. It's called the GSD index. And not only are our our viewers um, really, really interesting, compelling people in the world of disruption, but they all have one thing in common. Those in business, those in education, those in the workforce, and they all have a very high GSD index. And Caesar, that's you right of, of getting of getting shit done. People that's who right. don't so, who have the tenacity to keep it moving, like the hedgehog concept, right? You just keep it moving, keep it moving until you accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, and then go to the next level. And that's why our guests today represent that high GSD context. Yes. So today we're joined by Slobodan and Marin from Croatia. Let me be clear. This is our first global podcast. So we are uh, differentiated by thousands of miles and a time zone difference of about six hours. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us. And uh, it's great to have you guys. And it's great to be able to take our message globally. So the two of you have had an extraordinary and unusual journey from Croatia to the present day. And the work you're doing in STEM education is nothing short of uh, fast moving and forward thinking. And so welcome to the show. We want to get into it with you. And I think we'll start by asking you, Marin, and, and you, Slobodan, to tell us a little bit about your journey, how you came into the world of STEM and what got you excited about working on it? And what got you to be doing the work you're doing currently? Okay. So uh, thank you for, uh, for, for having us. Uh, I, I started uh, with the STEM field. Well, I, I was starting to be a teacher in STEM fields uh, about uh, technology and I- informatics. And uh, for over 10 years, I've been working uh, with kids uh, at uh, summer, summer science camps. And we were doing... Uh, uh, it was all project-based uh, learning, and we were uh, doing really uh, cool and great stuff, like uh, robots or uh, de- developing te- te- technology for people to go to Mars uh, or designing new learning environments uh, 
I, I even did with uh, elementary school kids uh, a project from neuroscience where we're, we were developing a program that can detect when our neurons in our brains uh, talk to each other. And, uh, and basically, I, I, re I realized uh, during my work that uh, kids are much more motivated when the learning is project-based. And I started to think uh, how to scale this uh, experience. So uh, this uh, small place uh, in Croatia, it's called Vishnyan. Um, we could accept maybe 30 kids and you will get uh, over 100 applications. Wow, that's good. Yeah. And I really wanted to figure out uh, how to bring this experience uh, to kids uh, around the world. Um, and, and that's how I got to the idea to build the STEMI, which was essentially, we imagine it as a, as, as a platform for project-based uh, learning. And I, I, along the way, uh, uh, I, I always try to uh, meet and work with the people that are better than me and more crazy than me. Uh, I met Slobodan. Slobodan <laughs> uh, was uh, crazy enough to sail over Atlantic uh, alone in a boat. And then uh, I said, if you are crazy enough to do it, then you are uh, crazy enough also to transform uh, uh, education globally with me and with them. So, Marin, if I have you right, what you're saying, wait a minute, Caesar. If I have it right, Caesar. Marin, what you're telling us is that there's a little bit of insanity going on in the work that you're doing. <laughs> Disruptive, right? <laughs> first, as a first as a tech teacher in a school setting, and then uh, it sounds like uh, in Croatia you have this growing demand, an extraordinary demand for getting kids into STEM, and you're not even in, in your capacity constraints. So bringing this information material online is a way for you to scale it, right. as we like to say, and bring what, it to what the STEMI, what does you, you mentioned STEMI, so what the organization that you created, what does that stand for? Yeah, so uh, STEMI stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics, and we put I for uh, innovation because we want to, uh, oh, cool. we want, we, we want cool. to transform kids uh, from consumers of technology, so people are more and more becoming only consumers they don't understand how technology works and how to create the technology and we want to transform uh, them into creators and uh, yeah uh, creators of technologies yeah innovators. Yeah, that's, great. that's great great let now, me jump in slobodan slobodan uh, marin's already done a very good job of of preambling um your flight into insanity so i'd like to hear about your journey <laughs> when you crossed the Atlantic and, and a little bit about that background and how it, it ultimately connected you uh, with the world of STEM. So, yeah, thank you. First of all, thanks for inviting uh, us for this podcast. Um, yeah, well, I used to be, you know, a corporate guy working in uh, big corporations and um, working in um, top-level management. And then somehow I had this dream of sailing. So I was more into business, like the sales, marketing, business development. And I had this dream about sailing across the ocean single-handed. And uh, I'm a sailor and I used to, I'm sailing since I was really young. Um, also was a part of the Croatian national team in skiing. So I was mostly in both sports like sailing and skiing. But I had this dream of sailing across the ocean alone. And there is a race, actually, that starts from France and ends up in Caribbean, in Martinique. And you are doing it in a 6.5-meter boat, sailing boat. So there were 80 contestants every two years. And this is considered like an Everest of uh, sailing, uh, because you're going alone. 
it's a small boat and there's no communication with the outside world. So you have to be not wow. only a sailor, you have to be your no nutritionist, psychologist, you have to know how to repair all the stuff there. It's quite, you know, self-sustainable. I mean, you have to be self-sustainable there and it's a, it's a hard journey. It's a ultra marathon for sailing, but it's also in, in a great, great uh, experience, which teaches you a lot about the life. And when in this process, I was so I took a sabbatical for because you need like three, four years in order to qualify for the race and do the race. So I took a sabbatical. Meanwhile, I was approached by Marin and the team. And he asked me, okay, when I finished, he was following, I was following the company and the, the growth of the startup and he was following my journey. And finally, when I managed to finish the, 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 uh, the journey, the, the race, uh, he approached me, we met for a, for a beer and he asked me, okay, so what's your plan next? And I'm looking, I ask, I'm looking for some new challenges and I'm looking for something to be really purposeful and meaningful because after doing this, you don't want to go back to big corporation and right, right, right. part of the huge, huge chain. So he said, why don't, you, why don't you join us and let's do something crazy. Let's change the education in the world. And I say, wow, that's a, that's a real cool invitation and I want to do it. That's a big order. That's a big order. Yeah. And now I see why, Brian, now I understand you know, about getting people that are crazier than you, right? Yeah. Because that's one challenge <laughs> right. that I would have... You know, what's really cool about this, though, man, more than anything, is that you take that and you and you provide that, that energy for our students. Because then our students yeah. can begin to think, we can do anything, right? But they have to have the skill set to do it. And that's why I like the marriage of developing them, providing them with the technical skills in a fun way, because you talked about project-based learning and STEM. You know, our kids are so resourceful till it's unbelievable. You know, and I think if we can instill that in them and to adults that want to transfer careers, we can fill the skills gap, man, that exists in STEM. Caesar, yeah. you know, um, I was thinking the same thing, and um, what's interesting, and I want to share with our listening, viewing audience, is one of the sparks of connection that Slobodan and I had at the very uh, outset of our friendship, our growing friendship, was a love, passion, actually, truth be told, obsession with sailing. I'm sailing and oh, that's obsessed right. as well. Too. And that's so we right. had, in our first conversation, I think the first 45 minutes uh, was just talking about sailing. The second thing I want to tell about, so so sailing to me is about bringing a community together because uh, you could have a whole lot of people on your boat. You could be racing as fast as possible and everyone's adrenaline is going full tilt and you're only going six to seven miles an hour. <laughs> Think about that. Oh, wow. So the other thing. The other thing about it, and Slobodan, I, I have to think this is a connection, too. I have a little brother that Caesar knows very well, Renard, who's yeah. studying engineering at an HBCU. And Which is a historical black university. by the way. Yep. And he became in love with math and science at an early age. And so when I was matched with him, one of the ways to draw out more of his passion and interest in physics, math, and science, where he was all A's, is to, is to teach him how to sail. And so I had him at the Detroit Yacht Club on my boat, 
And we started out washing the decks together and then going swimming and having a nice lunch. And then we got into the art of sailing because what you're really doing is you're taking a wing as if on an airplane and you're tilting it on a horizontal axis. You, you know, the sailboat moves forward because of the forward momentum and lift created. And so there's a lot of physics in that and there's a lot of math in that. And so I think that's another cool connection to this whole story about STEM. Yeah, and and I think and and Ron, that that was a really good transition. And to Martin and, and Slobodan talking about, you know, how they infuse project-based learning into STEM. And you know, the other part of this, and this is why I'm glad you got our, you know, in Croatia and from an international perspective, we have such a huge gap in the in yeah. the STEM field. And that's just one. It's gaps in medical field, all the other fields. But what concerns me most is STEM because it's such a lucrative career area, right? But yet we have in Africa, Asia, in this country, almost every single country, you have a large population who does not have that skill set. Their skill inequity, in, as a matter of fact. And very few of them go into that field. And so can you just share with us any stories that you've had where you've had an impact on, on those young people entering this field and being excited about it? Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, let me just uh, start by uh, addressing that, in my opinion, the whole education around the world is just going the wrong direction. We are teaching kids uh, how to be experts in solving tests and, and stuff like that, and not not how to build a, a really m m meaningful uh, stuff. Uh, we teach uh, kids that uh, the right uh, answer is always in the textbooks, and we don't uh, we don't prepare them for the real world where you ninety percent of the the time are totally clueless about what's the right uh, answer or uh, how to solve some specific uh, problem. So uh, I think fundamentally we really need to change the classes we use to look at the education. Our whole education system was built for the industrial age where we needed to educate uh, yep. a large number of, of people to work in right. the factory. And, yep. and, the education, and the current education system has uh, some c characteristics of that uh, age. We try to, to have kids uh, master things at a specific uh, time or uh, we are obsessed by measuring or and uh, efficiency mm. and, and standardizing. And I, I like to say we really need to completely change the classes we use to look at the education. So in my opinion, the education should be about designing uh, meaningful, playful challenges for kids mm -hmm. and, uh, and creating moments they will remember for the rest of their lives. And that's what we are trying to build. So in my, in my opinion, uh, it's more important uh, be focused on creating uh, uh, passionate people, uh, uh, creating a passion uh, in, in a person and not be upset, uh, obsessed about some specific uh, skills and, and measuring uh, tests uh, uh, and so on. So we, uh, and that's around if, the world, man, unfortunately. And I'm glad you guys are starting to change that. Let me, let me ask you another question because yeah. I think you, you guys are really on the right track and we need to have you on again to talk about this in more detail. Uh, so you talked about the children. How are you impacting the teachers to have to change their mindset, as you stated, you know, in terms of providing those design thinking components, you know, and, and constructive kind of components into the lesson plan? Are you, you guys do professional development with teachers. How do you approach that? 
Yeah, so so uh, if you want to give uh, uh, challenges to kids, we need to. So we love challenges, uh, obviously, and we want to kids uh, also. Uh, our primary goal as educators is to show kids how great things they can build and, and create, and how STEM is really really uh, fun. And in, in, in that person, we try to. Uh, in that sense, we try to create this also with uh, uh, teachers. The way we do it, we we said, let's start a movement and let's transform schools into schools of, of the future. So we are focused on creating a community of uh, teachers and we work on yeah. them on, uh, on on daily uh, basis. And we also include them into design process uh, of, uh, of our, our programs. So whenever we implement our STEM programs into schools, we we start with uh, professional uh, development, but you really cannot make a significant change with only a few days of training. Teachers right. need uh, su- support uh, throughout uh, the way. And what we do, uh, we build a, a communication tools and, and uh, teachers have access to our educators and engineers whenever they, uh, uh, they, they need it. And we want to uh, create a global community where Teachers are helping each other, where, where teachers are interacting with other teachers from different uh, countries, from different uh, uh, cities, uh, sharing their experience and trying to figure out how to design the best learning uh, experience in the world. Yeah, well, you, I think you asked the question assuming that teachers are not motivated to do what they're doing. But I, I think that all of them, I, at least that's how I understood it. Maybe I was wrong, but I think mo- a lot of them are really, they have really this passion like doctors do, like, because you're doing something really meaningful. You're creating and developing young minds. And I uh, think this is really, really purposeful and meaningful. And they definitely start their career with this idea. And this is the biggest motivation they have. However, in the system, along the way, they start to lose it. It's, Sometimes it's salary, sometimes it's bureaucracy, sometimes it's, you know, watching their neighbors um, making a lot of money and then they ask themselves, why should I be doing this? So what we actually try to do, we try to re- reignite the spark they have as teachers and and uh, ask them to join us when creating the program, ask them to join us when when... Yeah, like uh, giving feedback. So we try to, we're not, we cannot change everything uh, on our own. We need their help and we're giving them voice they need to have in order to, to, to be, yeah, in order to education system. As you were talking, Slobodan, I was just thinking, Myron, I was just thinking it would be really great, you know, in the future, if we could get some of the teachers from the programs that you guys are working on to come on our program. So give that some thought. Number one, but number two, if you for both of you, question for both of you, if you were to select a couple of programs internationally that you think this thing they they're knocking it out the park, which and I'm not saying the other ones aren't because it's a process, so I get it, right? But who, who would you highlight, and not and not necessarily in this country, right? What what countries or programs would you highlight that you think you know they get it, they're moving forward. In the U.S., I personally love the work Khan uh, Academy uh, is doing, and in uh, in Europe, we are trying to create something uh, in Croatia, something uh, very uh, different. Uh, Israel, on, on the other hand, has really great uh, programs for gifted uh, children uh, for, uh, for STEM fields. Uh, I, I would say they are always. Uh, 
greater examples in each country. The thing that we need to do is connect uh, with each other, uh, share experience, and and, and start and start uh, working together. If you think about it, yeah. So uh, kids uh, usually uh, they interact with same twenty to thirty students uh, throughout the eight years. Why they don't? Uh, interact with kids from other uh, countries? Why don't they learn about different cultures? And why don't they build the projects uh, together? And say, same goes with teachers, same goes with the industry. Caesar, I want to jump in here. You know, what I find fascinating about this is it is about the human connection. And as Slobodan said, it is about igniting passion. So if you think about this little journey of the four of us, it started with technology bringing Slobodan and me together. He found me on LinkedIn. We were intrigued by each other's backgrounds, so we decided just to have a conversation to find out a little bit more about each other. There was no agenda other than that. And we got interested in talking about sailing, and then when we started talking about our other things, it sparked me to think, oh my gosh, I got to bring Caesar into this conversation. He's going to love hearing about this. And so the passion is something that obviously Caesar puts out there every podcast, every day. And you can imagine what he was like in a classroom going crazy. But I think the other thing that's really important here is that you talked about gifted students as well as, as, as you know, average students. I think every student is, you know, I once had a I had an educational leader say to me, every student is gifted and every student is at risk. And so on that yes. bell curve, they're both, right? And I think the really cool thing about what you're saying is that it's about reigniting that passion. If you think about it from your own background, Caesar and my, and, and I'll speak to mine, I'm old as dirt. And when, when I think back years ago to math and science education, you know, it was where the smart kids went. It wasn't where everyone went. And when you weren't able to get it at first, you were kind of tracked away. Oh, that's too hard for you. You know, don't worry about that. Go on and, and, and go into the, you know, the liberal arts. And I think if, students, if more students understood, hey, if you're going to go out in the world and you want to use your hands or your brain to make something cool or to make something that's going to make life better for other people, you got to know math and science. We're not we're not using twigs and leaves anymore, people. You know, if you want to build something, it's going to require manufacturing. It's going to require tech, and it's also going to require the connection. You know, during COVID, I think one of the net net positives was it forced us out of our offices and into our homes with our kids and into the metaverse. And so when we get into the metaverse, you know, I think we also realize the necessity for human contact. Caesar, I, I found it funny you were talking about. So we met, I met Slobodan. I introduced you to him. We've had all these Zoom calls. We just met Marin along the way. But you had an opportunity to meet with Slobodan in, in Texas recently. And I think the human interaction, the human experience is important. And I, you had a. It is. It's probably really key together. to the whole process, this whole face to face interaction, because not only did we talk a little bit about, he had these really cool rope, this really cool robot that danced and stuff. I mean, really cool. And by the way, let me mention before we go on. So. One of the, and, and, and Slobodan and Mario, you can share this with the group. You were at an international conference in Europe, and then you came to a technology conference in, in Houston. But you guys 
has some really great news because you won this prize. Did I tell you this, Ron? I don't know if I told you this. No, I, I don't think you told me this. Yeah, they won a prize. They, I mean, <laughs> the best innovation. Share it with us, you guys. Everybody would want to know about it. So what was that prize? Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, so on a bet show, bet show, it's international huge education show in the UK, probably the biggest one in the world. You have we had like seven hundred vendors there, so everybody was there who was not everybody, but a lot of people were there, a lot of companies. So they had a lot of awards going on, but there was one very special award, which is children kids award. There were kids where high school and middle school kids were going around the stands and trying out all the robots, all the fun tech over there. And actually, they picked STEMI as the best, the best like kids award, the best product. So we are super happy because oh, wow. cool. most important, you know, customers, actually the children uh, said, this, uh, this is really cool and we want to we wanna play with it, learn it, or, or yeah, at least, yeah. You know, Slobodan, that speaks so highly to the, the whole igniting passion, you know, yeah. um, we need to bring kids into the center of that conversation. Obviously, if you send them off, they're going to tell you that this is the stuff that's cool. This is the stuff that's interesting, you know, and that's that's wonderful. So, so Slobodan, you've been the international pioneer. You've been the adventurer on the high seas and you've been the you know, in my mind, business development is as much about institutional evangelism as anything else. So when I first asked you what you were doing, you were talking about changing the world through STEM in your own creative little world there in Croatia. And I, I'd like to hear maybe some of that that story of bringing STEMI and your work here to the U.S. and kind of the reception you're getting, both positive and negative. Where are you finding you know, the, where are you finding the gains and where are you finding the challenges or the places where, you know, we still got work to do to bring people on to a new vision of how we're going to educate people? Yeah, so we're happy to come from a country that has not, it's not a big country, it's smaller than four million people there living in Croatia, but we have like two tech unicorns. One of them, I mean, in Croatia, the fastest electric car is being produced series production. Oh, wow. Yeah, called Rimac Automobili. The, the, the car is called Nevera. So we are having the fastest electric car and we're having another unicorn that is actually that 5 billion people on the world are currently using their services. They're in a cloud communication co uh, company. So wow. those two companies are actually STEMI's partners and we are super proud of it because what oh, we great, want to do... Great. Yeah, because what we found out is that when we are preparing, so everybody, we are doing like a bridge between this tech industry and education. And we are doing it in a way that we want to actually, we don't go to academia and to ask, for example, if we want cool, to teach some cool technology, for example, artificial intelligence, we never went to, you know, PhD guy who just finished AI, did a PhD in AI and two or three years ago. And he is the one who should tell how the children, uh, students, and how are they supposed to learn about artificial intelligence? No, we went to we went to the company that is the best in the world in this field and asked them, okay, if somebody wants to work for you, what's the you know how the program should look like, what wow. should be outline, and what's the important part? So this is definitely a, a connection between the the tech industry and education, and is boosting the students' employability skills. 
So what we are doing in a, on a scale in Croatia, we now have a lot of schools. Currently, we, we have 150 schools working on our program in artificial intelligence. Oh, wow. Please cool. have in mind, yeah, this is kind of, this is, I think, around like 20% of the schools in Croatia are working on this program. And we want to scale the same experience to United States because we believe that if somebody if somebody should teach you about the new technology, it should be the company and and the company that is the best in this field. And STEM is just here a bridge that is actually transferring the knowledge and the the, the I would say the the whole technology into the high school and middle school level. So yeah, our journey our journey is to 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 scale the experience we're having in Croatia to United States in order for everybody to have better education. That's you know, great. Slobodan, this is so uh, critical to, to hear this story told here, and I'll tell you why I think it's so cool, is that product development in a disrupted world, how we develop instructional tools, how we develop curriculum, how we develop tech tools to help people do their jobs or learn different things, that's all changing. And what you're saying is the model for building that is also changing. So in other words, instead of having a bunch of product managers sitting in an office and designing the next product, you went and found out from the coolest company in the neighborhood who all the cool people were that worked there and how they got to be so cool. And then you mm-hmm. you followed that, that, you know, that trail to your product development site. And it obviously is validated then by the fact that you have these kids roaming around among 700 vendors and picking this product as the best of. So we said this wouldn't be an advertorial for STEMI, but the product development (laughs) odyssey that you guys have been on is really fascinating. I think it's important because a lot of ed tech folks are here with us on the podcast. And I think it's important to understand the importance of developing products that help people learn science in a way that science is being applied. And one of my friends, Dave Mammoth, was a physicist, and he was always a teacher, and he was 93 years old and still teaching physics to people who had not previously had it. And the first thing he would say is, you know what? I've met a lot of successful people in life, and many of them haven't taken physics yet. And so he kind of started from the beginning. And here was a PhD from Harvard talking about physics and applying it. And kids would ask him, well, you know, how did you actually use this? Well, my friend Ave was one of the architects of night vision glasses that the military uses. The, the physics behind that was his inspiration. And so I think it's important to connect the dots. You're going to learn science, but it's for a reason. And Caesar, you were going to, oh, Marin, you were going to jump in here. I'm sorry. And 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 it's and it's fun. I think the the other part of it, and I know we have to wrap this up. We can talk about it when we have you guys back again. Marlon, you really mentioned something that I think stuck with me. You know, so that we can begin to diffuse this. You know, because diffuse it throughout society. You know, bit by bit. But that's going to be the key. Is how do we connect? You know, projects that are they're working on in the U.S. and Croatia and Europe and Great Britain and Africa and all of those students, you know, core of those students working together and teachers, educators working together to solve common problems. I think that's when you begin to diffuse it. And I would like to talk to you guys more about that, because I think that 
is a real hot button. And, and Ron and I actually suggested that to another organization that we're working with, you know, didn't get much steam. But but I think you guys have the ingredients to really do something unique. And I think we can talk about some, you know, NSF grants, National Science Foundation, some other kind of opportunities to make that a reality because you guys are already there. We need to get other people in that same space. But I really, really appreciate, you know, the work that you guys have put into this. This is phenomenal. You know, if, if someone were to ask, how would they how would they how would they get in touch with you? You know, you guys have a website or something? How, what would they Yeah, do? sure. We have a website. So it's www.stemi.education. So it's very simple. It's Pretty simple. simple. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Marin, you were going to say something. I want you to be able to jump in and interrupt <laughs> Caesar here. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, a few, few, few points uh, on that. So when you say uh, why kids uh, go to school, we think the, the main purpose is not to get good grades. It's to l learn skills and tech to solve problems in their local communities or solve the global problems that humanity is uh, facing. And that's what we are trying to teach kids is that uh, how to use tech to do social good. So, for example, uh, in our AI pro program, kids are building uh, AI chatbots to solve problems in their local communities, to, to raise uh, awareness uh, about uh, some something that's uh, specific uh, for their uh, local communities. When we talk about uh, teaching kids uh, collaboration, we are now pairing children from different schools to work on the same uh, project. Because if you, for example, want to work at a high-tech company like uh, Infobip, you need to be able to collaborate with developers from uh, around the world. So the workplace uh, is becoming more remote and distributed. And we are, yeah. and we are even connecting yeah. the schools with uh, NGOs, organizations, so that uh, kids are really building mini meaningful products that are implement implemented on the websites uh, of that of that organizations and they are improving organizations in the project the stem way that we are now running in united states students will be building uh, chatbots for their schools and they are improving uh, communication for their uh, school where, uh, where they go to so if you think about it uh, if you ask me for example you map what the school of the future looks like it's a place where kids imagine the future and they build the tech solutions that improve their local community and they collaborate with uh, children and teachers from all, all over the world. Wow, and building a chatbot for their own school, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, what an education. Yeah, that's Listen, phenomenal. We're going to have to wrap here, but uh, this has been Disrupt Ed, and I'm your host, Ron Stefanski, joined by Dr. Caesar. We are here These making the leaders, the movers, the shakers, the do-gooders, the dedicated, who are all about the world of disrupted education and learning. You guys, Marin and Slobodan, have been absolutely fascinating uh, story and journey about how we bring STEM to the world. And I think it's so great to have you. And we're gonna look forward to having you back. This has been Disrupt Ed. Stay tuned for our next episode and we'll have these guys back to talk more. Thanks and have a great day. Take care, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.